This is Open House, presented by the BC Real Estate Association. On this episode, we ask the question, does racism exist in real estate in Canada? And we explore what can be done about it. But first, let's look at what realtors need to know right now. Hi, and welcome back to Open House by BCREA. I'm Shahid Devji, and this episode was recorded on July 29th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us this month. I hope you're listening to this podcast out in the beautiful summer weather we're finally getting to enjoy. The majority of this year, especially since the onset of COVID-19 in Canada in early March, has been trying for all of us. Not many of us, though, if any of us, could have expected the emergence and impact of this pandemic on our lives. But as we have become accustomed to COVID-19, another issue has come to the forefront, one that has unfortunately plagued many people. On this show, we will be asking the questions, does racism exist in real estate in Canada, and specifically here in BC? And what can realtors, managing brokers, boards, and associations do to address it? To get a better understanding of the impacts and potential recourse, we will be talking to realtor Bethany King, who has faced anti-black racism both personally and professionally. Satnam Sidhu, a BC realtor with 40 years of experience and time spent as a board president in Vancouver and with Korea, joins us to talk about his experience with racism and discrimination in BC, how that has evolved over time, and his advice about what to do about it. And finally, Michael Bach, the CEO and founder of the Canadian Centre for Diversity and Inclusion, will share what he believes to be tangible solutions to address systemic racism in real estate. But before we get to those conversations, let's talk about what's new and important for realtors right now. This month, as BC entered phase three of its COVID-19 restart plan, BCREA, the Real Estate Council of BC, and the Office of the Superintendent of Real Estate, with support from WorkSafe BC, released guidelines to help BC realtors adapt traditional open house practices in order to keep consumers safe. Recommendations include limiting open house attendees to serious buyers by leveraging technology and screening for qualifying consumers, encouraging pre-registration for attendance, ensuring physical distancing measures are followed inside and outside the home, and other considerations. BCREA also announced plans to launch a new Standard Forms Resource Center in August along with a major Standard Forms release this fall. The Standard Forms Resource Center will be the new go-to for realtors and managing brokers to access training materials on BCREA Standard Forms, including interactive toolkits and other important information like videos and frequently asked questions. The Fall 2020 Standard Forms release will include seven new Standard Forms, three new clauses, and a significant number of revisions to existing forms, including updates to the signature blocks on 20 forms. In this month's housing market update, the BCREA economics team led by Chief Economist Brendan Ogmanson reports that residential unit sales recorded by MLS in June 2020 increased by nearly 17% from June of last year. The average MLS residential price in BC was about $748,000 or 9.1% more than the same time last year. As always, to find more information on these items, visit bcreapodcast.ca. On May 25, 46-year-old George Floyd died after a police officer in Minnesota knelt on his neck while he was restrained for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. Floyd was a black man who was under arrest for allegedly using a counterfeit bill. His death sparked outrage in the United States and around the world and brought the topics of police brutality against black people and anti-black racism to the forefront. 
Protests took place across the United States, Canada, and the world, all with the intent of shedding light on and putting an end to the systemic racism that has plagued the black community for hundreds of years and more. Many eyes have been opened as a result of Floyd's death and the subsequent protests. People, professions, and organizations are beginning to look in the mirror and ask themselves the question, am I and are we a part of the problem? So today we ask the question for the real estate sector. Does racism exist in real estate? And what can we do about it? To begin our exploration, joining us first is Bethany King. She is a Toronto-area realtor born and raised in Canada who is black. We start by asking Bethany how she has experienced racism both personally and professionally and what the killing of George Floyd means to her. So my experience with racism, anti-black racism, has been, I think growing up, we were taught at a really young age, both me and my older brother, that people will not like you just because of the color of your skin. And that's a weird concept to understand when you're a child. And I think more recently, you know, with everything going on in the world, and we live in a time where silence is compliance. And I think that there's this new form of racism when you see your peers, um, your friends, your colleagues, your clients suffering, and you purposely ignore it um, or kind of brush it off. In my opinion, that's almost like a new form of racism. And that's something that I think we've all been experiencing in light of everything that is going on in the world ever since George Floyd was brutally murdered on camera. I think there's, we're so fortunate to have such a diverse and multicultural nation, um, especially where I'm from in my city that I, although I'm, you know, I'm a black person, I'm actually biracial, but I identify as a black person. I think that in Canada, racism extends beyond just anti-black racism. It happens to other cultures as well you know, like our South Asian communities, like our indigenous communities, like our Asian communities. So I think when we're talking about tackling racism, especially here, we have to acknowledge that it does happen not only with black people, but all different kinds of people. Um, And it's something that I've experienced my whole life before real estate, but even within real estate as well. So how, so, how, how specifically, know. I was going to ask you as a next question, yeah. you know, if you've experienced racism yeah. within real estate, you know, directed towards you, you know, by your colleagues or your clients. Um, but then, you know, in, in hearing your, your, your last uh, answer there, I wonder if, if what's more prevalent are those microaggressions? Because if you ask the average person, um, most people in Canada will not have seen, you know, an, an outward direct act of racism um, that we, might be the stereotypical and prototypical one you see in movies or or on the news. But um, so I'm wondering, you know, have you experienced those those really obvious outward direct acts? And then, um, do you think that the more common ones are those microaggressions? Yeah, you know, I've recently actually I experienced um, a more direct act, and it happened on social media with a really popular real estate meme page where they were making fun, they were taking photos of the protest and kind of making real estate jokes about it. And they used something along the lines of like the only um, terrorism group or the only whatever, whatever are people who don't refer me the business. And that 
sparked a huge wave of just social media bullying towards me because I went on this really popular social media page and I'm like, this is disgusting. This is not something that we should be making a joke about as real estate professionals. The the more blatant ones are anger me, but the more microaggressions are more hurtful. And I'm and I do feel like a lot of people in Canada simply are just unaware. You know, I believe if you are not outraged, then you are unaware of what is happening. And when George Floyd was murdered, I remember during that time, I would wake up in the morning, you know, check the news, what's going on in the world. And I would start my morning with like five to 10 minutes of just crying, of just heartbreak. It was so sad. And my entire social feeds were so traumatizing graphic violence that I was seeing on a regular basis. And I remember that I had a mandatory Zoom meeting with my brokerage about a new MLS system nearby. And I kind of logged on and I found myself in this Zoom meeting where everyone was kind of like business as usual. Meanwhile, I'm like, hello, do you guys not see like what is going on? Do you not see what I am seeing? And I started reaching out and calling people out and saying, hey, like, did you see this? Like, do you see Black Lives Matter protests? Like, we should be doing something about this. You know, when COVID struck, there was all of these resources for us as real estate agents. We were checking in with each other. We were saying, well, how are you doing mentally, emotionally? Can I help you? Do you need to talk? There was there was like all these social media social bricks where they're like, yeah, contact your clients and make sure that they're okay. We're all going through this hard time. But when a civil war started, there were no resources available for me. And I called my management and I called my peers and I said, you know, do you see this? And some of them genuinely, they didn't see it. They're, they live in their own bubble. They don't follow a lot of black people. And they were 100% unaware. And then some people did see it. And they were purposely avoiding it because it made them uncomfortable. And those were the conversations that were the most heartbreaking for me. Because it's like, I'm hurting. I'm your colleague. I'm your business partner. Like, I'm your friend. And I'm hurting. And you simply don't care. Um, And then I started changing the way that I was discussing it with my peers. And I said, okay, well, What if this was one of your clients? What if this was your seller or your listing? Um, Would you still ignore it? You know, I think that how can we serve our clients if we don't understand what is hurting them? You know, if we're not there for them in this time of need, how can we be there for them for when COVID happened, but not when it has to do with something like this? So I started having these really open conversations with everyone in my networks and in my, you know, my peers and connecting with other agents and thinking about what can we do to make this better. Yeah, no. And, and it sounds like you're a wonderful advocate and, and ambassador for the cause. And, and, and I wonder, you know, asking those questions, looking for answers. Obviously, you're doing some great work in educating your colleagues and, and, and your clients even. But when it comes to, you know, brokerages and even the associations for realtors and, and, and the sector as a whole, what do you think is, is the most important thing that can happen from now moving forward? Because obviously, as you've mentioned, 
people might be unaware and eyes are now opening. So where, where do we go from here in your mind? It's a great question. I think number one, we have to openly acknowledge that we have an issue, right? We have anti-black racism and we have racism across multiple, multiple different cultures, right? So I think number one, acknowledgement is key. Number two, implementing mandatory training. You know, and Korea has been really, really great that I've been having conversations with them about it, and they are working towards mandatory training that will be rolled out across the country. Um, I think it should happen not only at the federal level, but a provincial level and then a municipal level, um, especially, again, because we are such a diverse and multicultural nation. These are things that we have to talk about. Um, and I think that, you know, ARIA, RICO, which is Ontario, um, you know, CREA can start doing things like collecting race-based data, right? Like they have the means to do these things um, from both their members and clients so that we can pinpoint problems and help our organizations and communities address some of these issues. Um, I think that there should be better mandates to protect, you know, racialized communities from unfair property tax hikes and predatory land assembly. And again, I think just implementing mandatory race-based like education programs so that we can identify and navigate discrimination. The key pillars that I hope that, you know, our boards and our organizations and our legislation take into consideration. You're speaking at, you know, in terms of the sector and how we can make, you know, that that uh, sector-wide, nationwide uh, impact. But what about day-to-day and, yeah. and your colleagues, you and your colleagues and, and, and realtors on the ground? Well, what can, what can they do? Um, in in their daily interactions with their colleagues and 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 their clients even yeah and I think that that's also a great question as well um, as realtors we're held to a certain standard of professionalism we're held we're held to legislation from our boards and part of that should be right away like identifying or maybe just shutting down any direct or indirect forms of racial discrimination, whether it's, you know, from peer to peer or even with our clients, because at the end of the day, like a listing has no culture, it has no face and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who lived in it beforehand um, or who lived in it, who or who's going to live in it afterwards. But I think on our day to day, we can be better. And I think that we need to stand up for public rights, you know, any sorts of social acti- activism. I think as real estate agents, as salespeople who deal with the public on our day-to-day, we should not be afraid to stand up for what's right. Thank you to Bethany for sharing her personal and professional experiences when it comes to dealing with racism. So what about here in BC? Like we know of Canada, we know this province to be quite diverse, but there are likely no regional exceptions for racism and discrimination. So how might it take shape here? To talk about that, Satnam Sidhu joins us now. He's a realtor with 40 years of experience, which includes time spent as the president of the Canadian Real Estate Association and the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. We ask what boards, brokerages, and realtors could be doing to help fight racism, and we start by talking about his personal experience with racism here in BC. Well, I I have to say, uh, Shahid, that um, it was more so 
in my early on in my career than it has been in let's say the last 20 or 25 years i experienced uh, several incidents way back in the in the 80s and early 90s um, but as time has gone gone on people seem to be more understanding of, um, of you know other people people from different countries um, i certainly did not experience it from my fellow colleagues I, personally i do think it's getting better but i must say that i don't think anybody talked about it 40 years ago they didn't talk about it right they they might have thought about it and i think that with what's going on in the us is probably brought it more to the forefront and maybe people are more willing to talk about it but it was one of those things 30 40 years ago people just didn't talk about it Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, we've, we've heard, uh, from a, a Toronto realtor. Her name was Bethany. You know, she's black and she's talked about the racism that, you know, she's faced in her life. Uh, um, and, and of course, you know, life extends to, to her profession as well. And so, you know, you're an experienced guy. You know, you, you were, uh, president at the national level with Korea and at the board level here in, in, in Vancouver. And, and so let's put your president's hat on. And so, you know, if you were sitting in those seats today and, you know, you had this issue come across your desk and, and you representing realtors in your respective, uh, you know, constituencies, you know, how, how would you suggest that boards and associations tackle the topic now because of course like you said it wasn't talked about a lot for many years and and now that it's being talked about it and and more people are are speaking about their individual experiences you know it's clear that it's still uh, an issue and something that needs to be to be uh solved within the associations and boards themselves so that they're not they're not just you know standing on their laurels so what would how would you start that conversation and where would you start well couple of ways uh, first of all I think that the uh, and I have seen this in boards recently uh, particularly in the lower mainland where I work you know Vancouver board and Fraser Valley board uh, on the staff they've started to include people from different backgrounds um, so that it isn't just one ethnic background working at the real estate board and I think the real estate boards themselves when it comes down to uh, the, the the directors uh, that run the association They should try to perhaps reach out to people. And I know they do. They should try to perhaps reach out to people from different backgrounds. Um, I know it was very difficult when, when uh, I've gone to meetings uh, in Ottawa, for example, National Association, and there's 200 people there, 300 people there. And there's maybe two or three of us that are not Caucasian. <laughs> All the rest are Caucasian. Now, that has changed over the years somewhat compared to when I first started going back uh, 30 years ago. Um, but I think maybe they should just try a little bit harder to include more people from different backgrounds. Um, what about realtors day to day, you know, when they're dealing with their colleagues and, and you, you yourself may not have dealt with, you know, racism and discrimination specifically um, with your colleagues. Um, but, you know, how, how would you advise realtors day to day with their colleagues within their own brokerages? And then also when dealing with consumers in terms of how they should carry themselves and, and you know, what they should do to make sure they're not being racist and they're being as inclusive as possible? Well, I think most realtors do, but uh, try to be more understanding of, of people from different backgrounds. Um, 
try to perhaps learn some of the things that are in their customs and you know uh, what they eat and what they don't eat and whether you should take your shoes off when you go in the house or or, or not those kinds of things um, and I think that again as I said I, I've seen that change tremendously over the last 40 years that I've been doing this. Thanks to Satnam for joining us both he and Bethany talked about being and doing better, but how exactly can the real estate sector from realtors on the ground to brokerages, boards, associations, and other stakeholders do that? To explore some solutions, we now welcome Michael Bach to the show. He is the founder and CEO of the Canadian Centre for Diversity and Inclusion and is an internationally recognized thought leader on the topics of diversity, inclusion, and employment equity. The work he does helps employers address these topics in the workplace. We start by talking about racism in real estate. And while he has done work with the real estate sector prior to the killing of George Floyd, the topic of racism has only become a topic of conversation since his death. Nothing before. It really wasn't. It wasn't there. Um, It's not to say racism wasn't there. It was absolutely there. But people just weren't talking about it. Um, Since then... You know, it is this need for change, this conversation around, okay, a lot of people coming to us and say, what do we do? How do we, how do we become anti-racists? And there's two pieces to it. One is understanding the systems of racism. Uh, and the other is education. And that, of course, is about understanding the systems of racism. And you know, there's two, when we think about racism, it breaks, comes down to uh, individual acts of racism. So if I were to call you a racist term, that is an individual act of racism. The systems of racism are very different. The systems of racism are, I mean, it's going to sound pedantic, but the systems that are in place that are based on racist practice, colonialist practice, or that continue to embed them. And I'll give you an example that your listeners will easily understand. Every university in the country has an English department, and then they have an other languages department. Now, I'm sure English professors across the country just exploded, but English is a language. And by having it called out like that, it's a way of saying English is the more important language. And then everything else, you know, kind of matters. Whereas if we had a department that was called languages, where English was part of it, that says that every language has value. There's lots of little things like that, that are constant reminders of what can be and has been very traumatic and abusive behavior. Do you have any uh, insight into what that might look like with real estate specifically? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a number of things that come into play. And, I, you know, whenever I've been talking about racism in real estate, I, this one story comes to mind of a, a former real estate agent of mine who, when we went house shopping, and this is going back a few years, but when we went house hunting, um, they would say to me, well, you, you don't want to look uh, at houses owned by Chinese people, anybody with a Chinese name, because they're going to stink. 
um, because of the food that they cooked. And he had all these biases that were just blatant racism. And he would sort of rattle them off. And, you know, that that is more along the individual aspects of racism and individual acts of racism uh, as opposed to the systems of racism. Um, property ownership in Canada is in itself a system of racism in that the land wasn't ours to buy and sell in the first place. Um, and there's no way to avoid that. There's no way to have this conversation without acknowledging that colonizers, settlers came from away and took the land from indigenous peoples. We still have unseated trees across the country. The concept in itself is uh, built on systemic racism. Um, we see it in um, the, I, I find we see it more, it comes out more in like the subtlety of people's comments, of listings, uh, of the way we get clients as real estate agents. Um, you know, the, the real estate profession is quite insular in some ways in that it's all word of mouth. I mean, you can put billboard ads up, but, you know, truthfully, the the word of mouth is the key. And we get clients from within our own community. Um, so if you're Chinese in the lower mainland, you know, you're going to get a whole lot of clients who are Chinese if you have connections to the community. Um, and we end up with these kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but kind of insulated groups um, that tend to perpetuate uh, um, systems of racism. Yeah, that's right. And and what we like to do here on our show, for sure, for our, our listeners, the, the realtors who you know might might be engaging in uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly those those individual acts of uh, of racism or having them you know uh, against them. Uh, what we like to do is is enable them with you know some some takeaways. And and so what what advice would you would you give to? Uh, because your expertise is, you know, mainly on in the employer side to to the associations, the boards, the brokerages to, I guess, begin to tackle this if they haven't begun already. And and you mentioned when we spoke last week was how they could make it more meaningful than just a conversation, just listening to this podcast or just having a conversation at the table. What, what advice would you give them? Well, I, I would say that we need in place some systems. Uh, to ensure that when there are issues uh, of racism, uh, and I would say that goes, this goes beyond racism to homophobia, sexism, transphobia, et cetera, but systems in place to make sure that there is a reporting mechanism. And I would say that this actually starts at the, the national real estate uh, board and gets pushed down in an ideal world. It, it starts nationally and gets pushed down into the provincial and territorial boards uh, and that BCREA has a system in place that if I, as a real estate agent, experience racism, I have a way to report it and that there's a mechanism to address it. And then I, if I as a client, 
if I experience racism, I have a mechanism to report it. Um, that is the kind of punitive side of it. And it's important that we have those systems in place so that people can feel safe, that they feel like there's a where, place for them to go to report things. And then I think there's education. And I think the BCREA, as well as every association across the country, has a responsibility to educate their agents, their, as well as the brokerages have a role to play in this on educating the agents, um, to make sure that they understand how to be an anti-racist. Um, it's really important to say that racism isn't exclusive to white people. Um, we, we didn't invent racism. We just perfected it. Um, but anybody could possibly uh, be a racist. So, and, and not just a racist in the kind of Ku Klux Klan, big R kind of racism. It's the subtlety of racism. It's my former agent saying, oh, you don't want to look at that house. It was owned by Chinese people. That's racist. Um, so there's an education component to understand uh, what racism looks like and how to be an anti-racist. But it's, you can't have one without the other. You can't create the punitive system that punishes people for their behavior if you're not educating them to make sure they understand where the problem lies in their behavior. Right, and if we were talking to to realtors um, on the ground and, and their day-to-day behavior, uh, what, what, what would you say to them to ensure you know, they are a part of the solution and not a part of the problem you know, when dealing with consumers, when, when dealing with their colleagues and really anyone? I think, you know, this is the key. This is, it's very individual. And the onus is on every agent listening to this podcast to educate yourself, to learn. Don't expect others to do this for you. Um, And it can be big learning. It can be little learning. It can be, you know, three days in a classroom, which isn't happening right now. Um, But it can be, formalized, structured learning. And then, and I think this is actually more impactful, is the unstructured learning. Read a book. Um, You know, Indigo uh, has a a page up right now on resources on anti-Black racism, books on anti-Black racism. Um, Fantastic stuff. There's a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. Pick it up, read it, learn, be open. Have an openness to hear information That doesn't mean you have to agree with it. It just means that you're allowing the information into your brain. Um, I have a book. I'll give a little plug for my book. Absolutely. Uh, There you go. Comes out next week. Uh, It's called Birds of All Feathers, Doing Diversity and Inclusion Right. And it's a bit of a how-to guide for employers, entrepreneurs, big and small, on how to tackle this conversation. Watch TV shows. Um, There's some great stuff on Netflix around racism. Uh, listen to podcasts. Uh, you know, there's lots of little things. Have conversations. Do something. If everyone does something to work towards a more inclusive society, Canada will continue to be and will be a better place for everyone to live. 
Thanks to Michael and again to Bethany and Satnam for joining us today for these important conversations. We hope that first and foremost, you are able to learn something from these conversations and that you'll be able to begin to have your own conversations and think about what kind of action you can take to be better and to be anti-racist. That brings us to the end of this episode of Open House by BCREA. Thanks to you for taking the time to listen. Remember to visit bcreapodcast.ca for links to items mentioned here on the show. And you can follow BCREA on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest from BCREA. Talk to you again soon.